Hey, you're listening to Orla's Happy Hormones podcast, talking all things female health and wellness. I'm Orla O'Flaherty, a certified naturopath and herbalist, and I'm here to talk about everything from periods, PCOS, endometriosis, health, sex, wellness, and life in general. Here's to happy hormones and a happy you. Hello everyone and welcome to Orla's Happy Hormones podcast episode 14. So welcome back for another episode. I have been talking all things female health for the last 14 weeks. Well I've been talking all things female health for long before that but officially on the podcast for the last 14 weeks and if you're new to the podcast or if you're only dipping in and out I hope you're enjoying them and I tend to cover a lot of topics and kind of go back over them every now and then and that's what I've decided to kind of do this week. Now not that I'm going back over topics but just talking about certain elements of being a woman and the really common problems that we all go through and if you have been listening you know my ethos is just because something is common doesn't mean it's normal. So when people say, oh, that's normal that you have heavy periods constantly. and No, it may be common, but it's not normal. And that's what you'll hear me talk a lot about, especially with this week's episode. This week's episode, I'm just going to delve into the likes of painful periods, thrush, and hormonal breakouts. These are the the most common problems women tend to have when it comes to their hormones and female health. And as women, we should really have the understanding of what's going on in our bodies. I personally think that every woman has the right to know how their bodies work, how they function, why certain things happen. Like even going to the doctor, getting your blood results. I always say get a copy of your blood results so you can take a look at them and you can try and understand them yourself and even find someone who can read them for you. Like I'm reading blood results for many clients at the moment just so that they can have a better understanding because I know it's double dutch when you're looking at these things on sheets of paper. Whereas, yes, we do have to go to the doctors to get blood tests done and help us with our reproductive health. But... Sometimes I feel that we're not educated by the people who know. So that's why I'm doing this podcast. Well, one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast is to just help educate women and give you the information that you want to know. But for this week anyway, like I said, I'll be talking about painful periods, thrush and hormonal breakouts. The most common female health problems. So as women, we were automatically given the pleasure and the responsibility of possessing wombs. Wombs which give us the power to create and sustain life and also the power of creativity and our sixth sense of women's intuition. And that is a real thing. Right before our periods, our intuition goes through the roof. If you feel... Every month you keep worrying about certain problems or if you're having dreams that are very vivid dreams about elements of your life or relationships, familial or 
romantic or platonic or any sort of relationship but if you are getting vibes or you're having dreams or you're worrying about certain areas of your life be it your work your job dissatisfaction if this is all happening the week before your period that's because during the luteal phase we are at our most in tune with our bodies and with our minds and with our emotions so this is the time when we reflect inwards and we look at ourselves so we have to pay attention to our bodies at certain times of the month because this female intuition it is a sixth sense of ours and the more we tune into it the more acute and aware we become of it so embrace that but unfortunately with all of this power there always comes a negative aspect so negative aspects of being a woman like I said already like period pains hormonal breakouts thrush PMS mood swings the list goes on and on and on but why is this is it normal no but it's all too common all you have to do is look at all the women around you and see what sort of period problems and female health problems that they're all having and every woman goes through some sort of imbalance due to hormones now I've spoken before why our periods have become like such a pain in the ass and the energetics of what our periods are and like how historically women were treated as inferior objects we were ridiculed and belittled and disregarded and this was all a method just to keep us down because like god forbid anyone would realize our actual strength and power like you still actually see it to this day in any area of society like if you see people being ridiculed or undermined or degraded simply to be discredited ask yourself why is that happening what is the actual actual reasoning for this you see it an awful lot with the likes of whistleblowers all the time whistleblowers in all areas they are completely and utterly discredited and it's to take their power away once someone is ridiculed publicly what happens is a lot of people jump on that bandwagon and they keep that person's power down even though they may be telling the truth they may be extremely genuine in in what they're talking about or what they're feeling but when people don't want say the truth to come out they will discredit someone but this goes back to the history of women and why it was we were always kept down and when you look at the likes of period and female health we talk about PMS in a degrading way in a way that completely undermines us as women right to our core and because of this and other reasons too like not understanding what's going on or like I said blood results come back and everything says it's fine but then you got to look at that normal range that I always talk about there people don't understand they think there is nothing wrong but then what's happening is female health problems, they're being fobbed off 
like period pain is normal, thrush is normal, PMS is normal. No, it's not normal. Any physiological action on the body that has a negative effect on you is not normal. Our bodies are meant to run smoothly, like a well-oiled machine. Like if you brought your car to the garage and a mechanic said, oh no, that clunking noise in the back, that's normal. Don't worry about it. That's fine. Would you not question that? Would you not go for a second opinion? Would you not be asking, "Mm, I don't know, this doesn't sound right. Why should it be different for our bodies? If anything, it should be more important for our bodies. Because this is what we live in, our bodies. Our bodies house us. So start asking questions. Asking why is such and such a thing normal if it's really impeding your life. Like I said, any physiological action in the body that has a negative effect on you is not normal. So I'm going to go through some of those normal health issues and try to shine a light on how not normal they actually are. And so that you can have an understanding of what's, what's really going on. So the first one we'll talk about will be period pain. The joys of period pain. Now, most women suffer every month with period pains. Not everyone does, but most do. And it all depends on to what level and what grade of pain that you have. But did you know that traditionally we shouldn't actually be experiencing pain? I've talked about it before, going way back when, back to the dawn of woman. Our periods were just a natural cyclical event where we shed the lining of the womb and it was a celebration. There was no pain. But over years of patriarchy and also medical interventions that mask but don't cure, also societal factors, these all have had an effect on how we experience our menstrual cycles. Now, like I said, some women do suffer with pain. Not all do. Most, 90% of women will have a, a degree of cramping of some sort. And that is technically normal. A small degree of cramping because the body is shedding something. But up to 20%, and if not more, because a lot of cases aren't actually documented, but up to 20% of women suffer with dysmenorrhea. And dysmenorrhea is severe pain, which it literally stops women from living normal lives. You can't get out of the bed. You can't leave the house. You can't go to work. If you have kids, you, you can't mind the kids because you're too busy writhing around in pain or else vomiting or, or and having diarrhea. Hopefully not simultaneously because that is never fun when you're having vomiting and diarrhea and you're like, you need a bucket in one hand and a towel and you're freaking out. But these things happen, especially for women who have dysmenorrhea. How can anybody tell me that that's normal? Because it's not normal. Women's voices and cries aren't being heard and they certainly aren't being validated. They're just being fobbed off. And that's not fair. But what causes period pain? So, like I said, you will, most women will suffer with period pain, but some only a small amount. And the small amount of pain is normal because 
during menstruation, what's happening is the lining of your womb is being shed. So your uterus is contracted to help shed that lining. Uh, a hormone-like substance called prostaglandins, which is involved in pain and inflammation, trigger the uterine muscle contractions. So higher levels of prostaglandins will mean, or not will mean, but they are linked to more severe menstrual cramps. Then, so that's the cause of the pain, is the uterus contracting in the prostaglandin levels, which are got to do with your pain receptors. But there are other contributing factors to having painful period cramps, like the likes of being younger than 30. It's great. They say being younger than 30 because once you have children, your periods do tend to get lighter and less painful. The older you are without having kids, unfortunately, the more painful our periods get. It's a physiological effect which really is unfair but it it is true but then other factors like if you started your periods if you were 11 or younger you're more susceptible to having gynecological problems if you have heavier bleeding you're more susceptible to more uterine contractions again back to the prostaglandins family history of dysmenorrhea I talked about this last week with the direct link with our genetics through our mothers and our maternal grandmothers and that that line it, it that genetic fall through and how we do take after our mothers when it comes to our reproductive health and then poor lifestyle I know I've talked about it so much but I talk about it for a reason because it's actually true the likes of poor diet, eating loads of processed foods, not eating enough fresh whole fruits, fresh whole fruits and vegetables, and good proper protein and fats, and carbs. Vegetables are carbs, but you know what I mean. Like good healthy grains. We need balanced diet. And it's why it's called a healthy balanced diet, because we need all elements of food. We need all food groups. But due to the eat-on-the-go, fast-paced, processed foods, the food-like substances, as I call them, they are going to have an effect on your overall health and especially on your hormone production, be it your stress hormone production or your sex hormone production. But then, as well, the likes of excessive alcohol, being on the pill being on antibiotics constantly, being literally having any, say, synthetic chemicals in you is going to have an effect because it's congesting your liver. And I know I always talk about the liver, but it's because it's our general. It's what keeps cleaning us out. But when it's been overloaded, it, it can't do its job properly. So a bit of help with the liver function. But then there's other causes too. Like There are medical causes for this. So if you suffer horrifically with terrible period pains where you can't function I always say go to your doctor because you really do need to get these things checked so the likes of endometriosis where endometrial tissue becomes implanted outside of the uterus then fibroids these are non-cancerous growths in the uterus they can be quite large though and can be very painful and cause obstruction in the uterus 
Then pelvic inflammatory disease, inflammation or infection of the reproductive organs. Then cervical stenosis. This is where the cervix opening is it's small enough to impede menstrual flow and it causes pain and pressure in the uterus. So if you are suffering unnecessarily, do go to the doctor and do get the tests done and ask for a referral to the gynae if things have been like this for long term. If they suggest just putting you on the pill, okay. But just so that you know, being put on the pill isn't actually going to regulate your hormones. It's going to mask the problem. If there is an, an underlying issue there, being put on the pill is actually just going to mask it. It's not going to fix it. And then when you decide to come off the pill, if you want to try and have kids, there may have been an underlying issue there all along that wasn't treated. It was just masked. So I would suggest going and asking all the questions. Now, if you don't have any under, underlying issue and it is the likes of environmental or lifestyle or genetic, you know, changing your, your lifestyle, I know it seems really hard, but taking little steps, doing things little by little. So reducing out your processed foods. If you have three takeaways a week, reduce it down to two for the first couple of weeks and then reduce it down to one. Then like increase your fresh fruit and veg. So if you don't eat any vegetables, if you don't like them, chop them up really, really small, put them in with a bolognese, something like that. Then swap out your pastas for, instead of your wheat pasta, if you still want a wheat pasta, just buy an organic wheat pasta or an organic spell pasta. I myself use organic brown rice pasta. But it's just a matter of getting all these fruits and veggies into you in easy ways like even making smoothies I make smoothies in the mornings and they're lovely and I've avocado and I've spinach and you wouldn't know that they were there because they're masked by the berries and pineapple and cacao and so it's like a chocolate smoothie in the morning it's delicious but it's just trying different things like that so that kind of brings me on to the next topic which is thrush Thrush, that awful, horrible, horrible feeling where you can never sit still, where all you want to do is scratch and you're fit to just bang your head off the wall. And trust me, I know because I've been there. I had severe thrush as a teenager and it was induced by the pill and it was because of the hormone fluctuations. And oh, it was horrific. I remember my doctor telling me she had never seen a case of thrush so bad. I was so inflamed and so raw and it was horrible (laughs) and nothing would work to fix it. It wasn't until I changed my diet years ago that it actually finally went and it's a very rare time that I would get thrush now. It would be if my immune system is really low, something along those lines. Well, what is thrush? It's a vaginal yeast infection, which it affects around 75% of all women. Now, not all the time, but just at some stage of their lives. It's caused by a fungus known as Candida albicans. This is actually a naturally occurring fungus, which it's usually found in the moist parts of the body, so like the vagina. But the body can normally manage the growth of yeast on its own, but with thrush, 
like when you have thrush, the yeast has actually taken over and it's causing an infection. So the symptoms of thrush, the likes of a thick white cheese like vaginal discharge. Now, vaginal discharge is normal. That is something that I would say is normal, not common. Vaginal discharge is normal. It's needed to secrete bacteria out of the vagina. So if you have a normal, if you have a normal amount of discharge at the end of the day on your underwear, that is fine. You don't need to be worrying about that. I'm talking about like a a thick, smelly discharge. You would you'd know the difference. But then other symptoms like burning and itching like in the vagina and also the vulva. So the outer part of your vagina, it's inflamed and raw and burning or itching. Then a burning sensation when peeing or and a burning or pain during sex and after sex as well. So what causes thrush? Many different factors. Um, one of the main causes though is certain medications, specifically antibiotics. And that's because the growth of yeast in the vagina, it's kept under control by good bacteria and antibiotics kill off the good bacteria. Then changes in sex hormones. So if from pregnancy, the pill, which was the one that caused mine, or premenstrual fluctuations. A lot of women who suffer with thrush will see it happening right before their periods. And this because of the is because of the influx in hormones and the change of the pH level in their vagina. Then sex, like semen has a pH of about 9 and when the pH in the vagina is altered, yeast can thrive. So if you are suffering with thrush, what I will say is wear a condom. But then as well, stress. Women who suffer from either a lack of sleep, have poor nutrition or chronic illness, they're all more susceptible as their immune systems are really weakened, putting them more at risk of a yeast infection. Once your immune system is weakened, it's so much harder for your body to fight off an infection. And that's why it will linger and thrive. And the thing is with thrush, with the yeast, once it starts growing, once it starts taking over, it is very hard to get rid of fully. It can, but it will take a long time. So trying to keep your immune system up is one of the main things that you can do. But what else can you do? So the likes of eliminating sugar and yeast, because yeast simply thrives on sugar and yeast. Then if you're going to be eating bread, eat a real sourdough bread that has no yeast in it. Also, make sure that you're getting a good probiotic into you. I always recommend Udo Super 8, and this is for your good gut bacteria. You need your good gut bacteria to help keep the bad bacteria at bay. Then, reducing dairy. And I know this is such a controversial topic, and there are a lot of people out there giving out to the likes of me and other healthcare practitioners for telling people to stop taking dairy we're not take, telling everybody to stop taking dairy just if you have certain conditions dairy can exasperate it and in this case it can because dairy is very mucus forming and as we've already established yeast is found in the moist parts of the body and these moist parts of the body have extra mucous membranes so when dairy is taken internally 
it's triggering the inflammatory response in the body to secrete more mucus to expel the quote-unquote pathogen that is attacking the body. So dairy is actually going to trigger more mucus, more yeast to grow, and it it's making the perfect environment for the yeast to thrive. So reducing it down as much as you can is actually really important. Then physically, wear cotton underwear. If you're in a bad spell of it at the moment, avoid wearing thongs at all cost. Just wear plain cotton underwear, something where you can breathe. Always make sure after your showers that you dry your vagina well, pat it dry straight away. Don't let it stay wet and it needs to be clean and dry. Then avoid chemical soaps and perfumed sanitary pads. And then with the likes of pads and tampons, make sure that you're changing them regularly because of the bacteria in them that will only further enhance the infection. And like I've already said, wear condoms to avoid like pre-infecting, not pre-infecting, reinfecting partners and such. Like if you're if you're in a relationship and if you have thrush, you can give it to your partner. If he has thrush, he can give it to you. It's like a ping pong effect. You're just giving it to each other over and back constantly. So wear condoms. And then also, it's a pretty obvious one, but when you're going to the toilet, when you're having a poo, always wipe front to back because there can be yeast in your stool. So make sure that you're going front to back so you're not bringing any yeast or bacteria from your poo into your vagina front to back so that's thrush and now I'm on to our final topic of hormonal breakouts talking about poo to skin sorry it's not a great transition I there was no way for me to transition into this so hormonal breakouts these are the life-size mountains that set up shop on your chin right before your period like you might as well give them a name because they're your new best Klingon friend that just won't leave and they just bury roots inside. And then the worst thing that you can do is try and burst them because they don't burst. They stay there like boils and they just get worse and worse and worse. So don't go picking at them. But what's actually happening to cause these? Now, a lot of women experience full breakouts all over their chin. Other women, they'll get one or two and other women will just get the same one in the same spot. Now, I'd be pretty similar to that, and I've had a couple of people say that to me lately, but I would be similar in the same two places, the same spots will come out in me. Even though this week I got one on my forehead for the first time in about a year. It was a weird one, but anyway. But what is happening? Hormone surges. Now, I'm not just talking estrogen and progesterone here. I'm also talking cortisol testosterone and other androgens they all have a really big role to play here too estrogen increases testosterone and cortisol increases testosterone but also estrogen as well and they all increase the oil gland production oilier skin attracts more unwanted bacteria so hormonal imbalances and an increase in testosterone causes oily skin skin inflammation clogged hair follicles and make you more susceptible to hormonal breakouts. But when it comes to hormonal breakouts, 
the skin is directly linked to the liver and because the liver excretes excess hormones which we've already talked about if the liver is sluggish due to medications the pill antibiotics any synthetic chemical that's put into the body even alcohol then poor nutrition environmental toxins heavy metal toxins from even in our water our water system is full of heavy metals you really need to look at supporting the liver function if you keep getting these breakouts. The liver is the body's main organ of detoxification. When that's sluggish, the skin will pick up the slack. So you have to really support the liver. Now there's loads of things that you can do to help support the liver. Herbal-wise, burdock root and calendula are fantastic skin and liver herbs. But you do need to speak on to a healthcare practitioner on it first because if you're on any sort of medications or if you have any other problems, they won't they won't interact correctly. Like calendula is a phenomenal herb. I love it. I make my own calendula cream and that's used for cuts and burns and reducing scarring and everything and I love it. It's a beautiful cream. It's really good for nappy rashes as well on babies. But taken internally it's a very moving herb so if you already suffer from really heavy periods the calendula could actually increase that blood flow and give you heavier periods it's known as an amenagogue so you do need to be careful but you can use it externally so the likes of especially the week before your period making sure that you're washing your skin properly so ex- not exfoliating, cleansing every night, but using a good quality cleanser. Now, when I say using a good quality cleanser, I don't mean you have to go out and spend a fortune. The cleanser I use is coconut oil. It's the only thing I will use on my face. Maybe the odd time I'll use a facial scrub if I'm out of my own, but it's always coconut oil. It's a natural, non-toxic cleansing agent. And it really takes off makeup fantastically well, especially eye makeup. But washing your face with coconut oil or else green tea, I actually really recommend for people to make a cup of strong green tea and wash their face with that because it's rich in antioxidants and it's rich in vitamin C and vitamin E. So give that a go. Also, you can wash your face with calendula just get yourself some dried calendula leaves or calendula tea make that cup rinse your face with that it's very anti-inflammatory it's very antioxidant and it's specific for the face and for reducing scarring then also what you're putting in your body internally so like i've said already eating fresh whole foods fruits vegetables all your antioxidant rich foods Everything that's going to support liver function, that's going to support collagen function and also getting all your vitamins and minerals into you. What you're really looking for for good skincare is your vitamins A, C and E, selenium and zinc. These are all fantastic, not fantastic, they're all essential vitamins and minerals needed for the body but they will keep your skin glowing. And they'll also support the liver function. So what we're seeing over all three areas there, one of the main things, 
And it is the case for overall health, is liver health. Yes, your liver is a natural detoxification organ. But when it's under a lot of stress from external factors, environmental factors, it, it starts lacking. So it's a matter of supporting good liver function. And we do this through our foods. Like We fuel our bodies with what we put into ourselves. So getting your fresh, whole foods into you. And understanding how your body works too. And like I said, this is why I do this podcast is because I think everybody deserves to know how their bodies work and how powerful they are. And especially as women, our bodies are really, really powerful. Like I said in the beginning of this, we have a womb which is there to create and sustain life within us. You know, that's such a huge thing. And to have all these normal health problems, which aren't normal, they're just common. It's not right that we don't understand why these things happen to us. So I hope I've shed some light on certain areas for you. And I hope you've been able to take away some things from this. And if anybody has any questions please feel free to get in touch. If you liked it, get in touch. If you didn't, get in touch and you can tell me. I always like constructive criticism. To be honest, I just like hearing from people. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I'm just talking to the wall. But I know that you are out there listening. And I am very grateful for all of you that do tune in to hear me blab on. <laughs> So for now, happy Thursday, happy hormones, and have a lovely weekend. <laughs>